162nd episode of The Week with Roger, a conversation between analysts about all things telecom, media, and technology from Recon Analytics. I'm Don Kellogg, and with me, as always, is Roger Entner. How are you doing, Roger? I'm good. How are you? I'm great. So, Roger, this week we're joined by Joe Russo. Joe is the EVP and President of Global Networks and Technology at Verizon. Joe, welcome to the podcast. Don, thank you. And Roger, good to speak with both of you. I hope you're both well. Absolutely. So, Joe, to get us started, can you give us an update on the Verizon network in terms of where are we now and where are we going? Sure, absolutely. And, um, you know, I'm super excited about all the work that we've been doing over the past several years to enable 5G and take which is the uh, best network in the country and make it even better. We've been deploying millimeter wave, we've been deploying C-band and creating ultra wideband experiences for our customers around the country. It's really been phenomenal, the results that we've seen and the kind of experiences we've been able to create. We have a lot of work still to do as we continue to create new and exciting 5G ultra wideband experiences for, for our customers. Terrific. We are watching here very closely your progress and that uh, your C-band network, which is mostly in major metropolitan areas, gets really high grades in in our Pulse survey where we interview every week 4,000 wireless customers, 4,000 home internet customers. Verizon's FWA scores are the, the highest of all the broadband providers. But it's mostly in urban areas. When do you expect this to go more suburban and maybe even rural? Yeah, well, first, Roger, um, thank you for the compliment. And I want to build on that a little bit because, you know, one of the things that we are known for is reliability. And we never compromise on the reliability and the performance of our network. And uh, that's been true in our in our deployment of 5G ultra wideband as well. So it is no surprise to me that uh, you're seeing the highest scores when customers are connected to our ultra wideband experience, whether mobility or with fixed wireless access. And as you said, when we started to deploy C-band, we had access to that spectrum in more metropolitan areas, 46 PEAs were our first target markets. We've largely completed the build out in those metropolitan areas. And then since then, you know, starting just a few months ago, we've now gotten access to the full C-band spectrum across the 406 PEAs across the continental United States. So we've been pre-positioning in more suburban and rural areas. And over the next year to two, we'll continue to turn on that C-band in those more suburban and rural areas. And that'll expand both fixed wireless access and the ultra-wideband mobility experience as well. You know, you have been a pioneer of millimeter wave. Yeah. And... Last numbers I saw were like 40,000 nodes, which is a staggering number. I would expect you to have like two to three years lead time. Are you going to supplement and increase this or where are we with that? Yeah. So um, to your point, we, um, we have great millimeter wave spectrum holdings and we put it to good use in lots of different ways. We do have millimeter wave fixed wireless access customers who, who get you know gigabit-like speeds over wireless, which is just 
back in the day. I would have never thought that was possible. But we've also been deploying millimeter wave in dense urban areas, in stadiums and venues, along beaches or other places where we see a high concentration of, of people where millimeter wave is a great solution. It's been a super tool for us. And as you said, we're, we're, we've pioneered the technology and we continue to expand. We do several thousand new millimeter wave nodes every year. And again, it's, it's a great complement to the C-band spectrum to create this ultra-wideband experience for people. What, what do you think was the most surprising thing with millimeter wave other than gigabit speeds, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know, I, I think for me, the aha moment I had was a couple years ago when I was in some of the NFL stadiums that we covered with millimeter wave. And by the way, we now cover all NFL stadiums with millimeter wave as of a couple weeks ago. So this is a place where, you know, you have 80,000 fans all trying to, to do various things on their mobile devices, especially if something exciting happens, they're trying to upload or share that experience. And prior to using millimeter wave, in a stadium environment like that, it just wasn't possible for people to communicate with others outside of the the stadium experience. And we've really solved that problem with Millimeter Wave. We're now allowing customers to both stream down and up in those kind of venues. So it's not just about speed, but it's the capacity that this gives us in those places for you know, 80,000 people to do those kind of things that they never could do before. And we have an uh, innovation event going on right now in, I think it's in California with Samsung to demonstrate even more ideas around how to use millimeter wave in both enterprise and mobility use cases that uh, I would encourage your listeners to check out. Yeah, no, thank you. Because in these venues, you know, the mobile phone that traditionally has been a content consumption device has turned into a content creation device. Exactly. Yep. Even when some, you know, rock star is not dating and watching a game that <laughs> you probably never has seen before, right? Yeah. Amazing what love does. <laughs> right. And that opens up the, the, the universe to a lot more things. Yeah, and I, you know, Roger, to that point, if I just may... I get the question quite a bit around, is 5G really something? What's it going to do for your industry, et cetera? And, and I'm very optimistic, bullish, as a matter of fact, around the capabilities we're putting into the network. And it's funny because all of us struggle to see the future, right? But when we, Verizon, launched the world's best 4G LTE network and, and created this platform, I don't think any of us could foresee how many use cases would get developed on those capabilities, all the things that we do each and every day today. I'm a firm believer that the same exact thing will happen with 5G. Those kind of ultra-wideband experiences will start to expand beyond stadiums, as I just described. It's a platform for more and more developers to, to figure out how to leverage it. And that benefits the country, it benefits consumers, and, and it benefits Verizon as well. Yeah, you you prepare the field on which innovators can plan their innovations and, and see them flourish. Because, you know, I remember 
early 4G days where we thought that the killer app was sending uh, pictures. Right. Who would have thought that we send pictures 24 frames, if not more, per second, and it's video, right? Which turned into the killer app of of 4G. Exactly. So we'll see something here. You also, it was interesting, your comments at Mobile World Congress a couple of weeks ago around 5GSA made quite the rounds. Can you bring our listeners a little bit up to speed of what you said and elaborate a little bit around sure. it? The way I view our, our standalone core, which we're continuing to invest in, it is absolutely a capability that we think will be a, another enabler to new use cases. But as I mentioned before, the reliability and performance of Verizon's network is what we stand for. And I don't put technology out into the network that is a step back. It has to be a step forward. And all of the data that I see, both with our internal testing and with external testing that happens out there in the market, tells me that SA needs a little bit more time. We're doing significant testing and developing to make sure that both the data sessions and the voice sessions in a standalone world are as good or better than what you would expect in our 4G network today. So, you know, we see that in the next several months, we're going to get there, but it was not my goal to be first in deploying standalone. It's my goal to be best in deploying standalone, and that's what I'm working towards the other thing that, that I, I would just say is, you know, if I thought that today there was something our customers couldn't do on the Verizon network that required a, a 5G standalone core, I probably would have pushed it out in the market for those use cases. But that's the other thing that I have a little bit of, of luxury on, which is, you know, we're working with customers, both enterprises and, and developers, to make sure that we time it appropriately and deliver that reliability and performance that uh, our customers expect. So more to come in the next several months uh, as Verizon will, will, will be entering the uh, standalone core game. Yeah, but it's already active, right? So, so we have it in, in trials only at this point. We don't have it commercially available for our customers. Well, we talked about 5G and the, the early enthusiasm. There was a lot of enthusiasm around, especially from Verizon, around mobile edge compute yeah. and private networks. Yep. Can you give us an update of where we are with that? Sure, yeah. And to your point, we were very innovative and and first in working with partners to put mobile edge compute at the edge of the network. And and just for your listeners to, to, I think it makes sense for everybody, this use case, right? This idea is that the closer you can put the compute to the end device, it improves performance, latency, jitter, things like that, right? So these are good things. These are things that certainly we want for our customers. So we were aggressive in trying to deploy it, to making it successful, and to working to reduce the latency and the jitter. And that's been wildly successful. But what we have found is that, again, some of the use cases that would benefit from those kind of changes in latency and jitter haven't materialized just yet. It's not to say we're not ready, so that's good. We are ready for when those things come. 
But what we have seen is in the enterprise space, private networks is much more interesting. And we have several private 5G networks deployed for all sorts of different use cases like uh, manufacturing, ports, public safety. So there's a lot of interest in using private networks to expand the enterprise. And now what we're seeing is those private customers who are using a private wireless network to run their infrastructure are seeing the benefits of also controlling their data and their applications and putting those applications in a mech environment. So it's a little bit in reverse from what we originally thought. We thought mech would be first and private networks would come second. And what we're finding is in the enterprise space, they're interested in private networks, we're deploying private networks, and now they're seeing the benefit of using mech in those as a complement to those private networks. And you know, for me, I'm also that's on the enterprise side. We're doing a lot of work with various partners to continue to figure out what are those applications where a mech solution is going to give, let's say, a gaming developer the kind of performance that's going to give them a competitive advantage for for their clients. So I still am very bullish on mech being part of the 5G ultra-wideband experience as those use cases continue to develop. Yeah, and especially in private networks, you're also, or in general, you're also with business a global player. I was just in Germany last week and talked with several companies there and more than one said like, yeah, Verizon is our our internet provider here and, and you're quite active in Europe. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's one of the things that we don't talk a lot about, but we are a global provider of, of internet and connectivity for the vast majority of, of enterprises. We've always run a global network. And now, to your point, it gives us the ability to build on those relationships that we have to deploy private networks and mech-like solutions for those customers as well. Well, Joe, thank you very much for your time. You know, this was awesome. Thank you for coming. Really appreciate it. Roger, thank you for having me, and I appreciate it as well. All right. Thanks, Roger. We'll talk uh, next, Joe. We'll uh, talk next week.